Uh, hello and welcome to the Sheeple News Podcast, episode number seven. Uh, today is the 25th of October 2021. And apologies that it has been a while since I've done one of these podcast episodes. Um, I have to say I've been busy with work and life stuff. So unfortunately I haven't had really the time to do any episodes recently. But thankfully I will be doing more in the upcoming weeks. So uh, that's something we can look forward to. So let's go ahead and have a look at the headlines for today. So I'm going to start here on InfoWars as usual. And we have here headline from InfoWars. It says uh, Obama accuses Republicans of trying to rig elections by passing laws requiring voters to show identification. Now, this is something I I don't understand in the US. They have a huge debate or a huge dilemma, we could say, about having to show ID to vote. This is something that's normal in pretty much every developed country in the world. You have to show ID. You have to vote in person. There's no mass mail-in voting like they had in the last election, which was a complete disgrace. I mean, taking almost a week. If you count the early votes, it's about a month, month of voting. I mean, that's ridiculous. It should never be like that at all. It should never take a whole month to vote. Before it was like one day and that was it. That had taken a whole month to vote. It'd take a whole week if you count from election day. It took about five, six days to count all the votes. And of course they had just enough votes in all the key swing states for Biden to win. Yeah. That's uh, pretty handy that. So anyway, uh, it says here, Barack Obama has accused Republicans of trying to rig elections by passing state voter ID laws, an ironic claim for an ex-president who blasts his successor, Donald Trump, for suggesting the 2016 White House race could be gained. You have to ask yourself, why is it that Republicans don't want you to vote? Obama asked on Saturday while campaigning for Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe. What is it that they're so afraid of? You know, I would assume if they think they've got better ideas, why don't they just make the case? Well, they didn't make the case that if you don't show ID, anyone can go up and vote. You can use whatever name you want. I think there was a video a few years ago from Project Veritas where the guy just went up to vote and they asked what his name was. He said Marshall Mathers. It was Eminem. And they were like, oh, yeah, go right ahead, you know. And you see, you've got, there's a name on there. You can be Joe Bloggs. The name's on there. There can be loads of Joe Bloggs. But as long as you say the right name, you can go ahead, go ahead and vote. So literally, someone could vote in your name, and then you go up to vote, and you can't vote because they said, oh, you've already voted. <laughs> That's how it is. Obama here was refereeing 
referring sorry, to election integrity laws passed this year by Republican-controlled state legislators around the country. He didn't specify how such measures would stop people from voting in a nation where photo identification is required to drive, board a flight, get vaccinated, pick up a prescription, hold a bank account, get a job, or receive public benefits. Nevertheless, Obama argued that Republicans apparently don't want to persuade voters with winning ideas. Tell us your ideas, he said. Tell us why you think that they're going to be better. Tell us how it's going to help that a man can man get a job or help that young person go to college or help that person get a trade. Well, just explain it and you've got good ideas. People will flock to your ideas. But that's not what they tried to do. Instead, you're trying to rig elections because the truth is people disagree with your ideas. Well, I tend to disagree there, Obama. I think most people aren't really in favour of those vaccine mandates. They're not in favour of critical race theory being taught in the schools, you know, telling, like, white people bad because something happened 300 years ago they had no control over, or the black black people um, discriminated against. I mean, what the hell is that? No one supports that. Well, a tiny minority support that. And what Democrats don't, don't even have any, any good ideas, though. Anyway, they win elections by cheating now. So Obama and other leaders have argued that the new state election laws are efforts to suppress the voting by predominantly Democrat voters. He went so far in June as to suggest that GOP is not only changing rules needed to maintain a diverse multiracial democracy, but also rigging the game in a way that is not going to be good for business, not to mention for our souls. The claims seem to reflect a radical change in view since 2016 when Obama said that Trump was irresponsible and threatened to undermine the integrity and trust in our institutions by alleging that the presidential election could be rigged in favour of Democrat candidate Hillary Clinton. He added that no serious person out there would suggest somehow that you could even rig America's elections. Well, we, we saw that in the last election that is actually easy. To rig an election. If you got the right people to count the votes, you got all these mail-in ballots coming from everywhere, left, right, and centre. I mean, six in the morning, big trucks full of of ballots coming up. All eighty, ninety percent of them or more voting for Biden, <laughs> and they don't even know where they come from. But I mean, that's how it is. Says Clinton took the theme a step further, saying Trump was threatening our, de our democracy by refusing to unconditionally pledge to accept the election result. The same political sermons were preached in 2020 as Trump was bashed as a threat to the American system of government for making claims of widespread election fraud and not conceding defeat to Democrat Joe Biden. In Saturday's campaign speech from McAuliffe, Obama appeared, uh, Obama, Obama appeared to meld the notions of attacking election integrity and condemning those who do the same. Now, in the next breath, after accusing Republicans of trying to rig elections, the former president accused the GOP 
of fabricating lies and conspiracy theories about the last election. The one you didn't win. That's not how democracy is supposed to work. Obama then returned to defending the sanctity of the American election system. Our democracy is what makes America great. It's what makes a shining city on a hill. This extraordinary experiment in self-governing, self-government and protecting that and preserving that. That shouldn't be a partisan issue. It didn't used to be. Well, elections didn't used to be rigged like they were last year. So maybe if we change that, people won't uh, distrust the election system so much. Uh, so, let's see, next up here it says that Austria threatens a new lockdown for the unvaccinated. <laughs> so the, the country, the birthplace of the big Nazi leader, Adolf Hitler, now, ironically, come back with something to, you know, um, show a lot of praise now for the the dead uh, the dead leader, former leader of Germany, Adolf Hitler, by doing something so fascist now, the saying, "Oh, unvaccinated people, because of you, you're the new Jews now." Basically, the unvaccinated. If you've noticed on TV, the unvaccinated, all over the news, news about the unvaccinated saying that they are now the worst thing in the world because of them, that everyone's dying because of them, we can't go back to normal. It's always like this. You always pick a group of people to blame. So now, I mean, unvaccinated people are the new Jews. You have to get... If to get a jab, to get a job, if you don't get it, and then that's it, you get sacked. You can't, can't get jobs. And then some places you can't even go. You can't go to bars, restaurants, cafes in France. You need a health pass, a vaccine passport. I mean, I'm not vaccinated. I don't, I don't want to get this vaccine. This is experimental vaccine. It's, uh, it's not even proven to be safe for people my age, 27 years old, people under 30, in a lot of countries, these vaccines have been banned now for people under 30 to take it. But I know more people around my age that have had severe side effects from this vaccine. That I know people that have had COVID and died from it, or had even bad side effects, bad uh, symptoms from COVID. I don't know anyone. I only know friends of friends of friends of friends of friends who've had COVID and died, but these people were like old or fat or both. I mean, if you're relatively healthy, your chances of dying from this, what it's like 0.01% chance of dying from it. I mean, come on. I even had a medical checkup from my work doctor. And the guy asked me, have you had a vaccine? The vaccine, COVID. I was like, well, no. And then I don't, I don't need it. I'm pretty young and healthy. I mean, that did trigger him a lot, <laughs> i got to say. He, he didn't like that. He didn't like to hear that. 
I don't know if he's getting paid by Pfizer and all these companies, probably, you know, to push the vaccine. He's saying that I was crazy, basically. You're crazy, you'll die, this and that and the other. But, you know, I prefer to take the risk. Anyway, let's go back to the article here. It says that Austria is threatening to impose a new lockdown on its citizens. But this time round, it will only apply to the unvaccinated. Despite around 65.4% of the total population having received one dose of the vaccine and 62.2% being fully vaccinated, the country is experiencing another COVID spike. Mm. It's funny, a lot of these countries high vaccine rates are getting a lot of cases. I mean, you're going to sh shut down a country because of cases and not because of deaths or something. I mean, you shouldn't shut down the country anyway because it's a load of rubbish. It doesn't work at all. I mean, you got why you got so many cases. I mean, maybe stop testing. You know, that's what Trump said before. You got some more testing. Well, slow the testing down. I mean, only you're gonna have more cases, and people are gonna say, "Oh, we got to shut down." That's crazy. It says in the past week, Austria has reported twenty thousand four hundred eight new cases of the virus. According to health authorities, bringing the seven-day average to 228.5 per 100,000 inhabitants. A week earlier, the figure was at 152.5 per 100,000 inhabitants. And the government has put a limit on the amount of intensive care units that are occupied by COVID patients. It will allow for imposing restrictions on the unvaccinated. With the current total of ICU COVID-19 patients at 220, if it reaches 500, vaccine passports will be reintroduced, meaning the unvaccinated will be barred from entering venues such as restaurants and hotels. So if the number reaches 600, or one-third of total ICU capacity, the government will force the unvaccinated to self-isolate at home indefinitely, allowing them to leave only for essential reasons. We are about to stumble into a pandemic of the unvaccinated, said the Chancellor Alexander Schallenberg openly blaming the unjabbed for the case rise. Last year, Danish authorities tried to pass a law that would have allowed the forced vaccination of anyone, with police being used to physically detain people and hold them down while being jabbed, but the effort was abandoned after mass protests. I mean, what kind of world are we living in now? It's so scary. It really is. I mean, even Hitler would, would squirm some of the stuff coming out now. I mean... What's it going to go next? You're going to start shooting people who aren't unvaccinated. I mean, even ISIS wouldn't, ISIS wouldn't do this. They're burning people alive, ISIS. But I mean, they wouldn't go around pinning people down to to get vaccinated. I mean, yeah, they probably they'd shoot you in the head or something. But I mean, I never heard. This is the type of stuff from horror films. As we predicted, now the unvaccinated have been demonised and monstered. Public shaming can be turned to actual legal discrimination via the power of the state. If the government can keep people under definite lockdown for refusing to take a mandatory medical procedure, they can do virtually anything. Once the general public has been brainwashed into slavishly and fervently supporting the oppression of a minority, it's open season for tyranny. And you thought you'd never see the day this would happen. I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. This I thought maybe in a hundred years from now we'd get tyranny. But not now. This is shocking. It really is shocking. And the worst bit, really, I see people out there 
as a strong uh, group of them. You could say a big minority of people who love this. They love forcing people, wear a mask, do this, do that, do as I say, do as I say. You're unvaccinated. You're, you're a dirty Jew. That's what they're saying. You're a dirty Jew now. Basically, I am a, a Jew now. I am a Jew, and you won't be surprised these people are vaccinated. They'll be taken to concentration camps. They've already built them in Australia. Look it up, and you'll see. They've built quarantine camps, they say. They're going to be concentration camps. They're unvaccinated. You should wait and see. That's what's going to happen. Anyway, we're going to go on to the next article. And by the way, that was a great article once again by Paul Joseph Watson. If you haven't checked his YouTube channel, you should check it. Paul Joseph Watson on YouTube. Get some great videos from him. He's the the cool, calm, collective head of Infowars. He's not as crazy as Alex Jones. <laughs> Don't think anyone is. So it says on this article by Jamie White from Infowars, anti-Trumper Fiona Hill warns of Trump getting re-elected in 2024 will spark a civil war. I mean, she doesn't, she doesn't look like a, any woman I've seen. She does look like a tranny, by the way. Very weird looking. Uh, deep state operative and witness in Trump's first impeachment claims democracy is done if Trump is duly elected under the Constitution. Panic Democrats laying the political groundwork for challenging an all but inevitable Trump presidential victory. I mean, that's debatable if he'll win. I mean, he won last year and it was stolen from him. So, um, I mean, a lot of states have passed these anti-election um, fraud bills. Um, I'd say that's how I uh, describe them. But there's still many swing states that haven't really done much. Um you see, I, I'm not sure. I mean, Trump's so popular that, I mean, he won last year. But what are they going to do in the next election? Are they going to give Biden or Kamala Harris 100 million votes? And, you know, the vote, voter turnout will be like 200% or something? I mean, how far is it going to go? The people didn't do anything last year about it. Are they going to do anything when it's stolen again from Trump in 24? I don't know. So it says anti-Trump Democrat Fiona Hill asserted that an American civil war will erupt if Donald Trump is re-elected in 2024. Well, Hill's a former Russia expert at the National Security Council and Soros Aculite, who acted as a witness in Trump's first impeachment witch hunt and made the remarks in a PBS interview on Saturday. You have said that if Trump, Donald Trump, makes a successful return to the presidency in 2024, quote, democracy's done. What do you mean by that? The host asked her. Uh, Hill then said, what I mean is that he is basically trying to come back again on the basis of a lie. He has repudiated the outcome of the 2020 election, and yet he's expecting, you know, to be re-elected in 2024. Well, he's expected to to win in 2024 if they do something about 2020, which they have done to a certain extent, but would it be enough? I don't know. 
I mean, all these uh, election reforms, say in Georgia, for example, Trump even said that it was a watered-down version of what should have been done. It still still changed some some of the things, but was it enough? Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Fiona Hill says democracy's done and civil war is possible if Trump wins back the White House in 2024 after disputing his 2020 election loss. That he's basically going to come back in on the basis of a lie. So just a basic fact of how he's campaigning in itself is a massive problem because he's rejecting the democratic system and the outcome of the 2020 election. Hill, who's now a senior fellow at the left-wing Brookings Institute, said, in a long-winded diatribe, Hill then characterized Republican efforts to enact voter IDs as trying to stop fellow Americans from voting. No, most developed countries have voter ID, so it's just something you've got to get used to. And it's not racist, because it's not racist at all. You think that it's only racist because you think that black people are stupid and they can't get IDs, when you know most people can access that, they can get themselves voter IDs, any IDs, they've got driver's licenses, passports, etc. So that's rubbish. She said she went on then to argue that electoral college is essentially minority rule because the popular vote doesn't decide the US president and erroneously compared it to Russia's election system. She said, and again, look, I'm not a partisan person. I find it very painful to have to call this out. There's one political party here that is trying to stop fellow Americans from voting. You know, every system that you see where there is a minority rule is deeply unstable. I mean, we know that in, you know, Russia, for example, that's essentially what Putin has done because there's been suppression of the vote, preventing people from going out and voting who would probably vote for the opposition. A really depressed turnout. Uh, I think... Putin, really, he does actually <laughs> rig the elections. So I think it's more rigging than stopping people to vote. I mean, everyone can vote against him, but he's still in the election. So I think trying to compare Russia and the US is ridiculous now. At this point, Putin is not ruling on the basis of the majority of the population, and we've seen that in many other settings as well. And again, this is inherently unstable and really has an awful lot of risk for the future of the United States. So it might be legally legitimate. So there's a legitimacy in a legality, as you said, in the Electoral College. Uh, and if Trump is re-elected through the Electoral College, she said, she says, then that means he's illegitimate. Despite the fact that it's required by the Constitution. But it will be seen in the eyes of all those who, you know, vote and their votes are counted through the popular vote as inherently deeply illegitimate she said and we then are setting ourselves for even more violence <laughs> that she's the one that's already saying there's going to be some violence it, we, you you wouldn't hear this on the other side on the left though it's always we, we don't go away it's violent and they're gonna and they really go they really go to town with the violence as well don't forget all those riots and that so it'll be interesting to see what will happen so if people feel that their voice is no longer heard through the ballot box and they have to take to the streets, then we, then we end up in, you know, the potential of an open civil war. We're already, in my view, in a cold civil war. I've got to agree with her there. That's true.
I mean, if you look just from outsider's point of view here, look at the US, basically they're really split in half. The states that are red, states that are blue, the ideologies of each party is so different now. Well, it's mainly from the actual voter base than the parties themselves. They're both controlled by the same people. But, I mean, if you look at the more the Trump populism, more, you know, America first, strong borders, freedom, prosperity, uh, building up the military, uh, you know, economic power. And then the left, it's, you know, critical race theory, pedophilia, open borders, um, you know, socialism, cozying up to China, all this stuff. It's completely different, completely different. They want to change. They've got two separate views of the world, two separate views of where the country's heading to, the direction of the country's completely different. So that's true. She's right there. We have periodic eruptions of violence and people now seeing that the ballot box and Trump has been telling them that the ballot box is not fair. Sorry about that. Just had a um, phone call from someone. <laughs> anyway, we'll continue here. So uh, she said we have periodic eruptions of violence. Yes, that's 99% on one side, which BLM, Antifa. And people are now seeing that the ballot box and Trump has been telling them that the ballot box is not fair, you know, kind of, your vote doesn't count. Well, that that will kind of be the also the message to, you know, her English is amazing, by the way, the majority of people who won't vote for him in 2024. So she's basically calling for those who didn't vote for Trump to not recognise a victory should he win an affair and, sec and secure presidential election, unlike the rigged 2020 election, where the American where the Americans are supposed to believe Biden actually won 81 million votes, the most popular president of all time. Uh, you really think that? I don't think he is. I think that Biden is, uh, you know, dementia patient and, you know, he can't think for himself. So we have to wait and see, hear what will happen. But, I mean... They've been saying it's going to be a civil war for a long time. Uh, nothing's really happened, has it? So, let's look on now. Speaking of Biden, says here, Biden becomes most disappointing American president since World War II, poll reveals. Biden has achieved at least one groundbreaking result, though likely not the sort that he had in mind, as polling indicates that he has lost the most grand of voter approval of any new president in more than 75 years. I mean, he won't even know what's going on. He won't even know about this poll. And if he gets told about it, he'll forget it the next day. So, whoop-de-doo. With only 42% of voters approving of Biden's job performance in October, his average rating in the third quarter of his presidency was 44.7% down from 56% during the first three months in the White House. That was the honeymoon period. <laughs> it quickly went down, though, didn't it, his percentage? His rating decline of 11.3 percentage points from the honeymoon period, there you go, to the nine-month mark is the biggest drop since. Fellow Democrat Harry Truman was trying to fill the shoes of his deceased predecessor, 
Franklin Roosevelt in 1945. Though no other president since then has come close to Biden's historic collapse in the eyes of voters, Biden's former boss, then President Barack Obama, suffered a decline of 10.1 percentage points by the third quarter of his first term, but even then, nearly 53% of Gallup survey respondents still approved of his performance. By comparison, former President Donald Trump built Clinton saw their ratings drop by 4.4 and 6.8 points, respectively. In contrast, George H.W. Bush and George W. Bush came out strong in their first nine months on the job. Posting approval gains of 12 and 13.1 points, respectively. Even Jimmy Carter, whose one term was so unpopular that Republican Ronald Reagan won 91% of electoral votes in the 1980 election, saw his approval rating for only 8.9 points sorry, from the first quarter to the third quarter of his presidency. Biden's approval ratings began to slide in July and continued to plummet throughout the summer. Amid the chaotic and deadly U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, a border crisis and surging COVID-19 infections. Just since June, his approval rating Gallup polls have plunged from 56% to 42%. While Trump, Biden is one of the most polarizing presidents in U.S. history. While 92% of Democrat respondents told Gallup polls that they approve of Biden's job performance. I mean, what they approve of, I do not understand. What has he done great for him? I mean, they'll approve of a donkey as a president, as long as it, it really would be. A Democrats are donkeys, is their logo, so it is a donkey in charge. They'll approve of it. I said only 4% of Republicans agreed. That's still a lot, uh, 4%. The 88-point gap is one of the largest in more than eight decades of Gallup polling. Exceeded only by a 92-point divide on approval of Trump just before the 2020 election. The voters in the middle independents have soared on Biden, have soured on Biden. Just 34% approved of the president's performance in the latest Gallup poll, down 27 points since February. Many observers on social media were astonished by his overall approval rating could still be about 40% or that 92% of Democrats could be happy with the performance. I mean, it's ridiculous. How can they be happy with that? I mean, you gotta, you got to wake up, really. Wake up and say, you know, this guy's rubbish. One of the guys on Twitter here, one of the users, how on God's green earth is his approval rating still that high with the Democrats? Just goes to show we are complete, we are extremely divided nation with two completely different ideologies. It's true. It, it's true. Like that woman said, that Fiona Hill, a civil war will happen. They can't, if they can't agree, disagree. And they've got com two completely different um, views and visions of, of the country. It's going to end really bad, really bad. How news aware and socially adjusted is your average Democrat? Self-proclaimed Dems, polled by Gallup, polls, still approve of what Biden, Obama's Biden team, is doing by 92 to 6. Talk about clinical dysphoria. In fact, other surveys have shown approval ratings falling lower. A Grinnell College poll released last week pegged vote approval of the president at 37%, while Quinnipiac University earlier this month said 38% of voters approve of Biden's performance. J.N. Selzer, president of Selzer & Co., 
which conducted the Grinnell poll, said independent voters favoured Biden by 54% to 41% margin in 2020 election. If the vote were held today, Trump would win independent vote by 45 to 28% margin. It's a massive shift in a demographic that helped carry Biden to victory. The Grinnell poll also showed that 52% of Americans believe that the U.S. democratic system of government is under major threat. Again, voters were polarized, with 71% of Republicans and only 35% of Democrats saying that democracy faces a major threat. While the Grinnell professor Daniel Lucia tried to dismiss the concerns as a product of Republicans receiving a crisis because of baseless election fraud allegations. Well, over 40% of independents agree that the threat is severe. In fact, more than 80% of independents said American democracy is under either major or minor threat versus less than 20% who saw, who said that they saw no cause for concern. All right, so moving on, we have headline here from News Wars. It says here, Hillary Clinton insists it's imperative Boris Johnson mandates vaccine passports in the UK. So now Hillary Clinton spoke in a big nose in the affairs of Britain now, because, I mean, she needs the attention. She wants to get around everywhere and start talking crap as usual. So she appeared on the Andrew Marr show on BBC on Sunday, and she said that she uh, she's a big advocate for vaccine passports. Of course, being a globalist, she loves, you know, restricting people's freedoms and even mandates as well. She's a big fan of. So apparently she wants to prevent another government lockdown in the UK. That's so nice. But she said, I do think it's imperative that the Prime Minister do what he can do to stop the rise in COVID in the UK. He doesn't need to shut the society down, but he does need to mandate vaccines. Asked to clarify whether she meant mandating vaccine passports for entry to nightclubs and other social settings. Mrs Clinton said yes, before adding and employers continuing to claim that bosses should demand vaccination of their staff. Otherwise, the UK may face problems heading into the winter months. I think you've got to make it clear that we are not going to go back into lockdown. That is not going to happen. If you don't get vaccinated, and if you don't have proof of vaccination, if you go into a club or restaurant and employers don't enforce vaccines, we may see some problems. Here in the UK, when the weather gets colder and people are forced back inside again, so the 73-year-old former Secretary of State has been spending more time in the United Kingdom ahead of the upcoming COP26 climate summit in Scotland. As said last month, she drew heckles of war criminal as she was attending an event ushering her in as the first female Chancellor of Queen's University Belfast in Northern Ireland. Uh, I mean, she's, she's a war criminal. It's Hitlery, Hitlery, Hitlery. She's horrible, a horrible person. And, um, yeah, I mean, why she has to keep going on TV and talking? No one wants to hear what she says. She lost the presidency to Trump, and she lost before anyway to Obama. So, I mean, she's a loser, that's what she is. And um, I think that's going to be it for today. So we'll have another episode coming very soon. So I hope you enjoyed it. And I see you again next time. Bye bye.